0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: All right, welcome back to Mariners Pod. Great to have you with us again. As we've got a fun one to talk about today as the Mariners take game one of this three-game series against the Padres, 8-3. to three. I mean, this is a series we're all looking forward to. Padres playing great with Fernando Tatis Jr., one of the most exciting players in baseball. Mariners, of course, coming off the sweep against the Texas Rangers. And the Mariners will take game one of the series, so we'll have the details on that coming up in a second. Uh, Coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to chat with one of our favorites. Jesse Smith will be here as uh, we go inside the numbers from the analytics department for the Mariners. He has some really good stuff on Dylan Moore and Evan White, just some really good breakdowns that's going to come up in just a few minutes. So uh, stick around for that. That that one's really, really good. So Mariners wasting no time. And this is a great matchup, too. Paddock on the Hill against Marco. And Mariners unload offensively early as J.P. Crawford going to work in the second inning. JP Crawford came into the game last night with no extra base hits in the month of August. He had two in the ball game last night, including a long homer.
0: Here's a swing and a fly ball. Lifted into center field and deep. Going back, Grisham, going back, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. JP Crawford with his first home run of the season. Straight away center field here at Petco Park in San Diego. A two-run homer with Gordon aboard, and it's now the Mariners four, and the Padres nothing early in this one. How about that?
1: And it was not only offense, it was defense as well.
2: Kemp set checks the runner at first, and a pitch. Fastball swing on and drilled up the middle. Oh, what a catch by J.P. Crawford. Laid out as it was going over the second base bag. Superman dive makes the
1: catch for the out. Oh my goodness, great play. And here was JP after the game.
2: JP, uh, Scott was talking about like, while the numbers and the production numbers haven't been great, like your swing decisions and everything they grade you out on have been good. How big is it though to get results, to get the double, to get your first homer? You know, it's one thing to sit there and say, yeah, the swing decisions are great, but you want to see some numbers by your name too, don't you?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. But um. Like I say, that's just the baseball gods. You know, it all evens out with the broken bad little bleeder hits. I get it. You know, it all evens itself out. You just got to stay the course and stay positive.
2: It has seemed, though, you've hit the ball hard consistently over the last three or four games. I would imagine that's, that's a good sign of kind of where you want to be at.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the results are going to pay off from the approaches, the plans that you give into the day, given to that AB. So, you know, it's going in, try to hit the ball hard on the line. And, you know, you do your job, you do your job. If he catches it. I mean, still in the ball hard, so it's got to keep going. Eventually, they're going to fall.
0: JP, what's going on with the group as you started to have success? Lots of young guys are contributing in different ways. What's What's it like? What's the feeling in there?
3: Oh, it's fun. You know, a lot of very, very many first-year guys <clears throat> on our team. So, you know, they're just trying to – get settled in they're just trying to still breathe you know what I'm saying we only have 30 40 games under our belt and you know so they're just trying to you know get comfortable and just be able to breathe out there and you know we're coming along perfectly you know we're competing we're in every game almost I feel like so you know we keep doing that keep handling our business we're going to be going to be good.
2: JP the last several games you guys have been scoring in the first inning how much of that has that kind of set the tone?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you always want to get going early, and you know, you get going in the first inning. That sets the tone, sets the tempo, sets our attitude that day. You know what I'm saying? So we got to keep pushing the
2: gas. So much has been made about Tatis. Do you get excited when you see another shortstop across the way? Do you get competitive like that? You know, hey, this guy's getting all the love. I'm I'm here too. I want to show him or anything like that.
3: Oh, no doubt. He's, he's great. He's a great player. But, you know, we're on the same field. He's on another team. I want to win. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I don't really. He's a great player. Great player to watch. But, you know, I love competing against them and, you know, just try to outbeat beat them. I don't need no love from all the hype media stuff. I'm good. I know I'm good.
1: So a lot of excellent nights offensively. Now, how about Austin Nola? Three for five, a couple of runs and RBI. He goes deep as well. Evan White chipping in three more hits, two more RBIs. He walked as well.
2: Hold by Guerra, comes to the plate. Pitch, swing on, and hit to right field. Sinking liner, base hit. Seeger scores to make it seven-three.
1: And how about Evan White? A three-hit night, two RBIs, and the Mariners lead at seven-three here in San Diego. So along the way, Mariners pound out 13 hits. They put eight on the board. They beat the Padres 8-3. to three. A workmanlike effort from Marco who goes five, allowing three earned runs. The bullpen does the rest. Four innings without giving up a run. And the Mariners take game one of the series against San Diego. Here was Scott Service after the game.
4: Nice ball game. That, that was a fun one. Um, you know, it certainly starts with the, the guy in the mound and I uh, thought – one of the more professional outings that Marco has given us all year. I say that in the fact that it wasn't easy for him. Um, you know, I think last time out was probably as good as he's been all year at Dodger stadium. And tonight it was a little bit of a struggle, not quite, you know, the same command or stuff, but uh, you know, they kind of had him on the ropes there in the, in the third inning. Uh, but he was able to kind of battle through it and, and give us five innings tonight, which was huge. And that's, that's what you have to do in the nights you don't have your, your a game is you keep your team in the game, give us a chance. And then our offense took it from there. So, uh, real productive night offensively. Austin Nola again, you know, a home run. He gets three hits. Evan White, outstanding night. JP gets his first homer. Um, so, a lot of great, great things to talk about there offensively tonight. Uh, again, it's a pretty tough starting pitcher. You know, Paddock's got good stuff, real good change up in the riding fastball. And thought our guys competed very well tonight. So, nice way to start the road trip. We continue to play good ball, and uh, it's an interesting team to watch grow. It really is. I'm enjoying it.
0: Scott, you put together some really good at-bats against Paddock, who's a pretty tough customer. Does that just speak to the growth of your club and the confidence and all that?
4: really does. Uh, I think, you know, the guys routine-wise and, you know, there is an adjustment in how you prepare for a major league game. Maybe the Mets you do in the minor leagues, you just have more information, you got more video, things like that. So uh, our guys are all in. Um, and the exciting thing, they just want to get better. And when you're dealing with young guys that just want to get better every day, it's fun to coach. It's a fun group to be around. And uh, nice to see the results starting to come, especially for a guy like, you know, Evan White after getting off to the slow start he did. So a lot of real positives uh, tonight all the way around.
0: Those two young arms at the end of the bullpen tonight, at the end of the game tonight. W- would you just talk about them and what you've been impressed with the, those two guys?
4: They are young. <laughs> They're very green. Uh, they got great arms. They really do. Uh, it was a, you know, you got a little bit of a, a cushion in the ball game like that. You like to throw those young guys once in a while in a winning game instead of letting them kind of cut their teeth when you're down or you know behind in games. And uh, I thought Fletcher threw the ball great, got a lot of movement on his pitches and certainly being left-handed with the, enough change up and off speed to keep the righties He's honest, uh, very effective. And then Gerber continues to do what he does. Uh, and Joe, he's not afraid. He throws strikes. It really doesn't matter who's in the box. And uh, again, allowing those guys to grow and, and see their confidence, you know, rise. It's a lot of fun. It really is. And knowing that, you know, let them finish out those games once in a while. That means a lot to him.
1: Scott, the Hirano is
4: in the sixth inning.
1: Is that the matchup sing? Excuse me? Um, Hirano is in the
4: sixth inning. And is that matchup sings? Oh, yeah, Hirano, again, you know, trying to get Yoshi, you know, some consistent work, uh, understanding where he's at. He has not pitched much uh, at all as, as far as, like, trying to get back in shape. His stuff looks really good. Uh, big inning there the sixth inning you know the game was certainly much tighter at that point thought he threw the ball really well tonight and it was good matchups for him and you know we'll keep him moving we got to be careful on how much we use him as we build up arm strength going forward thank you Scott this- you
2: mentioned the swing decisions with JP you mentioned the swing decisions with JP and you were happy with them. how important is it for him to get results though you know you guys sit there and tell him about the swing decisions but players care about the results
4: oh no, no question and again you know <laughs> You can't control it once it leaves your bat. And and NJP's hit a lot of balls hard here over the last couple of weeks and didn't have a ton to show for it. But uh, he did not miss that one tonight. That's about as far as he can hit one. And it was a no-doubter off the bat. So uh, excited for him to get that first home run out of the way. Um, And he continues to just play unbelievable defense. He's always in the right spot, uh, and he can finish plays. So uh, I've said all along, he's kind of the point guard of our defense. He's the guy that makes sure everybody's in the right spot. Uh, We love the ball when it gets hit to him because – He converts. He puts him. He's an out. You know, when they want to hit to him, it's it's an out when they hit it that way.
2: And he's never wavered in the defensive aspect of that. Like you know, some guys when they slump, they take it out in the field. But JP has it. Almost looks like he's been trying to make up for it in the field when he hasn't hit
4: at the plate as well. It really does. Both he and Evan, for young players that are very gifted defensively, uh, knowing that the offense is going to be a little bit up and down. It's the nature of our game. But uh, you know, they really do separate it. Uh, our pitchers certainly appreciate it our whole team does we know we're going to get great effort from them out there even when they're not feeling that great in the batter's box but again those both those guys should feel very good tonight had big quality at bats they really hit the ball hard
2: Scott you alluded to Evan uh, and his turnaround earlier what changes have you seen in him these you know last couple games he's really turned it around from that slow start
4: you know I started on the last road trip starting to see the confidence grow. He made a couple little adjustments, uh, you know, in his swing and in kind of his approach at the plate. But uh, he's a very talented young guy. And I keep saying that he's just, you know, needed some more at-bats under his belt, certainly get some success coming his way. A few balls fall in or they go over the fence in his case. And you can see the confidence grow. And I think that the, the trust factor of knowing that, yeah, hey, he's a real good hitter and he can hit with two strikes. So you don't have to panic, you know, when you get down in the count. That's what we're starting to see now. There's a lot less panic in his game, um, but it happens to all of us. It really does. He just took him a while to get through it, and hopefully you know, he'll continue to swing like he is because uh, it's a really, really good approach right now for him.
1: So game two tonight. This should be a good one too. Taiwan Walker, who has pitched really well for the Mariners, he'll take on Lament for the Padres, who's really good. That's going to be a good matchup. And then day baseball on Thursday before we talk again coming up Friday. Uh, you say Kikuchi will get the ball. Garrett Richards, who the Mariners have seen plenty of over the years, he'll take the ball for the Padres Day Baseball on Thursday, one first pitch. So, Mariners a chance to take the series in San Diego before heading to the Angels for four games covering up the weekend. But it's a fun series. Padres, really fun team. Mariners playing some great ball. So, looking forward to the next two games. In the meantime, here is Jesse Smith.
3: Well,
0: it's always a pleasure to have a chance to talk things over with one of our good friends from inside the front office. That is Jesse Smith, the Mariners Director of Baseball Analytics. And Jesse, man, we normally bump into you when they let you out of your uh, non-windowed room inside T-Mobile Park full of high-speed internet connection. We run into you from time to time, but we haven't seen you at all given the current state of the world. So first of all, how are things going for you and for your team in the analytics department uh, with work from home and everything that comes along with it
5: yeah it's been uh well first thanks for having me always a pleasure sad that i have been able to run into you guys in person but uh excited to be here it's been really weird you know the the whole as i'm sure it has been for for, for you both as well uh to just watch the game on tv every night uh from my living room uh but there's been some positives uh you know normally in this job you're you're so tied to the team there's a game there's games every night you're working at the stadium as when the team's in town you know your office is kind of a party uh maybe not on every Tuesday night game but you know what I mean and uh and so there's kind of a a feeling that it's going on and you know uh you're 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 untethered from the team if if you're not if you're not with them so it's it's strange to deal with that but It's been a lot better than I thought it would be and a a lot more productive than I thought it would be. So, uh, yeah, uh, getting along, really enjoying uh, a lot of the things we're seeing in the early season. I guess we're mid-season now, but, you know, statistically (laughs) early.
1: That's the thing, right? This is the weird part about this season. We're like halfway through, yet the sample size is so small. How does that change how you analyze this whole thing, or does it?
5: It shouldn't change it, I think is the answer, but it definitely does. You know, decisions have to be made uh, with some time sensitivity at times. And if there's just less new information to go on, then it just it forces one to adjust the calculus of maybe what what we would usually know statistically versus what our eyes uh, and our scouts and our uh, coaches are telling us about what's going on. Honestly, that's been kind of fun. but uh, a challenge, a challenge for sure to not get, you know, to not board the hype trains too quickly, shall we say. Yeah, that's
0: a, that is a, a, a real issue for every team around baseball and for fans and for broadcasters is you see some hot starts for some players. You see some cold starts from others and you try to figure out how to digest that and what to make of it. And from a Mariners perspective, Jesse, one of the guys that – has really impressed in the first call at half of the season has been Dylan Moore. Obviously, he's given Scott some terrific defensive versatility. We've seen him in the infield. We've seen him in the outfield. But Jesse, I mean, he just continues to hit the ball hard. I mean, he averages among the very highest exit velocity among the Mariners. and Major League Baseball, I mean, it was only about a week ago or so that he was nearly top 10 in exit velo and he's still ranked very high among all Major League hitters from an analytical lens, what are you seeing this year from Dylan Moore that has stood out to you the most?
5: Yeah, you you hit on it. He's doing a lot of great things offensively. The results are good. The process might be even better, and we can touch on that. We're really excited about him. Internally, we might just be a little more excited uh, having worked with him for a while and seen how he's progressed and understanding what the coaches are saying about the progress he's been making that, you know, maybe wasn't showing up right away. And now we're seeing it full force, obviously. The contact quality early in the season has been right. Like, like I think you said, Aaron, amongst the best in baseball, he's not going to be the guy with the most raw power, uh, like your Evan White's or Kyle Lewis's maybe, but he's getting to the sweet spot just frequently. Like he's on every pitch. He's making good decisions. And uh, there's there's plenty of power to hit it out to all fields when he does that, as we've seen frequently early on. He's really exciting. Just it's really hard to say something that Dylan Moore can't do right now. He can play the outfield. He can play the infield positions. He makes contact. He hits the ball hard. He makes good decisions. Like it's it is early. Like that's that is the one thing, right? So the contact quality is amazing right now. If we look at the list of of the leaderboards, uh, you know, on MLB Savant or what it is, what it is for contact quality, the names around him, I think we would describe as dudes. So Dylan Moore's name, you know, stands out a bit. But what we're seeing from him now, it may, it may continue. It's probably wise from the uh, statistician hat perspective to say it probably won't always be going this good even if he's taking a big step forward in talent which I think we're seeing we're seeing a lot of things come together he's fully healthy he's locked in like everything's going good it's like when you are getting all green lights and no traffic sometimes there's just there's just traffic on the road and it's out of our control right so you know we probably shouldn't expect it to stay exactly as it is but he's young uh he's athletic and he's you know just really improving in all the ways we're asking and more. So uh, it's awesome. So excited.
0: Hey Jesse, when, when you talk about whether it's Dylan Moore or, or any other hitter, when you talk about their quality of contact, are you talking just about barrels? How often they are finding the barrels in, on MLB Savant? We can search by barrels, by batted ball event, by plate appearance. Is that what you're talking about or is there something even further?
5: Yeah, great question. So with the advent of, of all the track man and batting process data versus batting outcome data, like was it a hit? Was it a home run? So now that we're looking at process, the way that in that internally we started to try to talk about it more is sort of three, three parts would be one is uh, the decision-making process. So when they see the ball, how good are they at making the right decisions? Whether is this a ball or a strike? Even more granularly, is this a strike that I should swing at? Is this a pitch that I should swing at? And like, you know, is this a pitch that I should swing at based on who I am even and what my skills are? Uh, So we'll look at the quality of the player's decision-making. And then from there, once they make the right decision, how good are they at actually making contact? So decision, contact, and then the third part is given contact. If they do make contact, what is the quality? Which we'd say like, what's the impact there? Sort of contact quality, uh, impact quality. I think barrels is a pretty good proxy for that 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 gets at most of what people are talking about when you make contact how often do you barrel it up is will tell you for the most part what kind of a, an offensive hitter you have
1: we've heard scott reference the rake reports several times this year can you describe it and i assume a lot of the information you were just talking about is included in the rake report
5: the rake report is, gonna, is basically a point system for players playing that, that game. And we also have the shove score, which would be on the pitching, uh, the pitching side of it as well, uh, where it's just a, a daily report that will come out uh, and we do it at all, our, all of our levels. Uh, so like, it's kind of the most fun thing to read in the morning. It's, it's like the, everyone's favorite email in the morning to start your uh, Mariners Digest. And it's a combination of how well players are executing process and, but then we're also waiting the outcomes that they're getting to because, you know, again, we can make broad generalizations about what good process is, but really there's so many different ways to be a good baseball player that we also have to keep in mind that some people get there in unorthodox ways. And so we want to reward that too. But the idea is just to filter out the luck, make sure that in cases where Evan White goes 0 for 4 with, you know, three scorchers and, you know, a line out that we have a report that reflects that on average, if he keeps doing that, that's actually probably a, a pretty good baseball game uh, versus, uh, you know, just the over four in the box score.
0: Evan White has had in some ways an unspectacular start to his major league career. And in other ways, he's had a remarkable start to his major league career. It really just depends on what lens you are looking through. If you look at his batting average, there's a lot to be desired. If you look at, how hard, Jesse, he is just hitting the snot out of the ball. I mean, it's pretty inspiring on almost a daily basis, and we've seen it with the home run, specifically his multi-homer game when he was at Dodger Stadium. But even from day one, Jesse, even when he's been in a prolonged slump, when he has made contact, the contact has been almost off the charts. It's been among the very best on the team in terms of the quality of it. Uh, how much of a sense do you get that the numbers that you have you and your staff have provided Scott and the players with have kind of helped to keep his head above water when it can be very easy for him to feel like he's drowning when this is the probably the obviously the the greatest struggle he's had in his entire life
5: great question i'm sure that that our process statistics help a lot with that i'm also sure that that he's been told so many times that the surface results in this 60 game season are of little concern to us as long as he's as long as we see him improving and working on the process things that we care about i'm sure it's not fun in his major league debut to have some of the struggles he's had from a box score perspective but it's also so expected in many ways uh jumping from double a to the majors is is probably usually looks about exactly like what we're seeing from Evan White uh and in a lot of ways I think there's, there's room to be very encouraged. We've all marveled at, at the defense and the speed that that he can bring uh, in sort of a surprisingly impactful way from first base. But really, the offensive process looks good. Like you said, he is hitting the ball extremely hard. I have him, I think, leading our team in average exit velocity, but also amongst the major league leaders when he makes contact. It's just, it's, you know, he's at the upper crust of, of, of the raw power tool. And he's also hitting it you know, he's barreling the ball at an above average rate too. It's only, we have I think something like 45 balls in play so far. So again, contact, it's early, but his contact quality says that when he's hit the ball, he's scorching it and he should be getting above average production at a minimum from that contact quality. And the other thing with him is just that he doesn't have a history of, of swing and miss really being a problem. So that gives us a lot of comfort that we know there's a lot more ability to make contact in there. And then I think eye test-wise, you know, it just seems like at some points he's trying to do a lot. And as the game comes to him, there's going to be a lot more contact. And, you know, it's just a really strong offensive profile at that point. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.